And what's up, sports fans? Sorry we took a week off last week, but you're listening to the Prep Sports Report High School Playoff Pigskin Preview. And that's right, we're in the playoffs. We're into round three. We got three teams still in. And once again, it's always a lot of fun talking about local teams in playoffs, in regular games, you name it. We like talking about it. I'm the coach, Carl Damasi, back with you for another week of breaking down games, talking about top performances, and of course, looking into the playoffs. That's right, playoffs. We got to talk about three teams in the quarterfinals. Of course, Benedictine, Calvary, and Savannah Christian. And uh, once again, it's going to be done with my uh, my buddy. Uh, been writing about sports in Savannah since 2016. Uh, he's honorable all-region basketball player, but he also is, uh, I guess you would say, uh, all-local sports writer because now he's doing it for the Prep Sports Report. He does it for Connect Savannah. You name it, he's got it. He does his own uh, podcast, of course, courtesy of Coach's Corner, the Hot Grids podcast. Check it out. A lot of fun. But joining me now on the Coach's Corner hot seat is the man himself, Travis Jadon. What's up, Travis? What's up, Carl? Thanks for having me, man. Hey, you know, it's it's another it's another Thursday. Uh, we're getting ready for tomorrow night. I mean, big games, Benedictine on the road, Calvary on the road, Christian, because of the drawer of the bracket, gets to play home, and the, of course, the Universal Georgia High School State Association coin flip, so uh, you got to love it, and you know, we've talked this, before we get into it, we talked about this many times, it all depends on the brackets, but if you don't remember last week's scores, I mean, Benedictine all over uh, Spalding, I know I spelt it wrong a couple of times, but that's me for you, uh, <laughs> 45 to 6, right? Uh, yeah. Calvary beats uh, Darty in a 54-41 shootout. And Savannah Christian goes on the road, 7-7 halftime. Uh, McIvory takes the uh, kickoff back. Uh, they never lead, lose the lead after that. They win 23-7. So uh, just a great weekend last weekend for high school football. Three teams in, three teams stay in. Yeah, I think Savannah Christian the most surprising, right, Carl? Um, I oh, think yeah. I read that that was their first, Savannah Christian's first um, uh, top 10 win over a non-Class A team, which they were in Class A forever. Right. Um, but so that was historic. <laughs> I think the other two games, the other two results, Benedictine and Calvary were were expected. The Calvary game was wild, though. The, you know, the fourth quarter of that one was was pretty crazy to watch. Yeah, a little uh, chippiness going on there by Spalding. I guess they figured if they couldn't win, they were going to try and take home some BC players with them, eh? Yeah, and then the BC game was even like it, it was. I was there for that one, and that one Spalding knew early that they weren't going to be able to hang around. And then it got, it got you know, it got tighter. The refs were calling it tighter as the game became more and more of a blowout. So that was weird. And then yeah, at the end it was chippy because Spalding knew they weren't playing again next week. So I think they took it. They took it a little differently than what BC was doing because they knew they had a game coming up the following week. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know, it just, it just. Don't ask me why the game should be called the same way throughout. Once a team starts doing a number on another team, the other the, the referees take it against them, take it out on a team that's winning. I just don't understand why. I mean, uh, let's just get it over with. Call the game the way it should be the whole game, not to get it over quick and not to make the score any worse than it is. You know what? And I've said this before to you, and I've said it before to uh, a million other coaches. It's my job as a head coach to stop the other team, no matter if it's before the game, during the game, halftime adjustments. That's my responsibility. So trying to the referee's trying to protect the team that's losing, you got to stop. Call the game the way it's supposed to be called the whole game. 
Yeah, because it ends up going the other way. When you start trying to do that, it ends up getting worse because now none of the players know what to expect. They don't know what's a penalty and what's not. And then certainly, like, once the rules are established and you know what kind of fight you're in, you got to play accordingly and protect yourself at some point. Um, but I, BC probably not too concerned about that winning 45 to 6. They can handle a little. They're tough enough. I think they can handle it. All right, well, let's stay right there. I mean, you know, Benedictine comes in. Uh, they win 45-6 over Spalding. Uh, Zaquan Bryant, three-star senior commit to uh, Minnesota, scored two touchdowns on punt returns, had another on an interception, had a, I mean, great highlight film, jumping into the end zone for for the score on one of those punt returns. Croman Hawk, uh, four-star uh, recruit, I mean, a Florida State, 11-14 for 121 yards. I mean, the cadets haven't lost uh, to a Class A, 4A opponent since 2020. Oh, that's a good stat there. I didn't know they, that. The only team, the only time they lost back in 2020 was against Jefferson, who I think wound up winning the state title that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a crazy game. Oh, that yeah, that was a uh, Malachi Starks, who's now at Georgia. Yeah. yeah, it was it was an unbelievable game. So, uh, you know, so what's your thoughts on that? Quickly. Um, well, so from the BC, like, let's not spend time breaking down what Spalding did right or wrong, but from the BC side, I think you finally saw there was, uh, one play where Croman Hawk hit, uh, Blackshear. I, I believe it was Blackshear on sort of a go route. Um, and you hadn't seen that really all year, but other than that, Croman Hawk and the BC offense were, they weren't really able to run the ball. Okay. So they scored 45 points and they did it without really being able to run the ball at all. Um, Nasir Samuel did a couple of nice things on the ground, but but they couldn't really establish that, and they haven't been able to establish that in a while. But they didn't really need it because they have that quick passing game pretty much down pat, BC does. So I, I thought that was like one takeaway. And then another thing that we talked about Saturday morning, Carl, was the difference between this BC team and last year's team is that when there is like a fourth and one around midfield, that Danny Britt now feels comfortable and more than comfortable, confident in his defense to where they will punt the ball away. And they're willing to play that game for a little while. They're willing to play the field position back and forth game. And they can, they can do that now because their defense is so good. Um, and that's the way every week that I watch BC, I'm just more and more impressed by their defense and what Galen Housen has done, uh, you know, as the coordinator for that team. Yeah. I mean, Galen's done a great job. And, you know, like you said, whether you're running the ball or throwing that quick, short passing game or the West Coast offense that used to be called, uh, you know. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's the same thing. You get the ball to your, your prime uh, your prime stars, whether it's uh, five yards down the field or behind the line of scrimmage, they're going to make things happen. And, you know, it's just gelling at the right time for Benedictine. You know, of course, the universal coin flip, uh, they wound up being on the bottom, so they have to go on the road to Stockbridge. But, uh, yeah, BC's ready to ready, – and like I said before, BC's ready to roll because of what they did during their non-region schedule. And their region schedule also uh, helped them a lot too. They they were playing good competition the whole year, so they couldn't take a week off here and there. So, I mean, or two or three weeks off in a row. So uh, they had to be ready to play. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And they, they're just – they're a different animal at Memorial Stadium, but – I think they're veteran enough and and good enough to where going on the road won't won't scare them too much. No. All right, so let's go to the other game that was uh, you know in town, Calvary and uh, and uh, Darty. Uh, you know, came in. Uh, Darty uh, had an eight and zero record going into the last two games. The quarterback got hurt. You could see why. Davis was unbelievable. He's a Florida State commit, also. 
you know, it was a, a battle going back and forth. Uh, neither defense could stop each other. Calvary's defense couldn't stop the pass, and uh, Darty couldn't stop the run. I think they, uh, I think Savannah, uh, sorry, I think Calvary ran for what three hundred and fifty nine yards on the night. They didn't need to throw the ball. Yeah, something like that, and. For Calvary, they've had the ability to run it down in the red zone all year, but they, like, it's not that they haven't been able to run the ball. It's it's sort of been the opposite. They really haven't had to run the to ball, run. Um, except for essentially to run the clock out because they're up by 30 points. So I think last week they showed that they can do that, but there was enough stuff that happened late in that game, Carl, to warrant, um, I you know, I think – if Calvary was at all comfortable before that game and maybe a little too overconfident, I don't know if that's the case. I'm saying if that was the case, last week was enough to, to you know, kind of wake them up out of that. Because Darby, man, that's a three seed. Like they're a three seed and that's what they're rolling out is a Florida State uh, commit at quarterback and an offense that can score 20 points in the final quarter. Like That's pretty impressive uh, to me. But again, I think Calvary showed that even when it's playing its B minus game, C plus game, they're more than capable of winning those kind of games, and you have to do that sometimes. I mean, Strobridge, uh, you know, we haven't talked about Strobridge all day long. The kid ran for 187 yards. You're usually talking about AJ Butts and uh, Dupa. Um, what's Dupa's name? Coleman. And, I mean, yeah. You're talking about those guys in the backfield. I mean, Strobridge, 187 yards. Butts gets four touchdowns. Uh, Merkling, two quarterback sneaks for touchdowns. One, one wasn't a quarterback sneak. One was. So uh, they did what they had to do on the ground. But, uh, you know, we'll talk about it in a couple minutes. They they got a tough test going up there to uh, Ellenwood and taking on Cedar Grove. I got to um, shout out my cousin, Cutter Powell, too. He's just a sophomore. And I think he is top three on that team in tackles now. And that's saying something on that defense. Because they got oh, yeah. guys that, they got guys that you know, plenty of guys that have 150 plus tackles in their high school career, um, and so he's coming along too. Their defense will be fine. Like the onside kick and everything with Darty is what kind, of, and, and right. also playing a, a quarterback that has the ability like Davis did, that will wear on you over time. Well, all I got to say is, and I, I I'm not going to say this, but uh, the first half was. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say it, but the first half, Darty got all the calls. I mean, that's what kept him in the game the first half. I mean, I just got to say it. I mean, it was atrocious. It was atrocious. I mean, uh, every time Calvary had a big play and they could have busted the game open, there was a penalty. And there wasn't a penalty because I was there watching it. And it just was out of hand that first half. And, uh, you know, Calvary was playing against the referees uh, in that first half. And uh, I don't know uh, – what the crews what like, kind of but penalties were they? Were they like just holding and pass just your standard penalties? Yeah, yeah, but 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 they didn't happen. They called one blocking in the back. It wasn't they blocking. Like false starts or like personal no. fouls, like things. No, that, no, okay. it wasn't false starts or personal fouls. It was plays that you could obviously, obviously, you could see that it wasn't a penalty, but for somehow they saw it as a penalty. So it, I mean, it yeah. was just crazy. It was just crazy the whole night with the referees. And uh, I mean, here you are in the playoffs, and you think you're going to get your better crews. Of course, that's why we couldn't play the first week on all on all the games on Friday nights because they were only bringing out the best crews. This this crew was not one of the best, so I just got to go with that, and I have to get that off my chest. I'll tell you like it is. I'll tell you when the referees are excellent, but I'll tell you when they don't belong out there. And that crew last last week, I don't know who they are. Uh, my name's Carl Demasi. I teach at Islands High School. I I, I love to talk to you about that. Watch the film of you because it really it really bugged the heck out of me. And I'm not 
a Calvary homer because my coach, my son coaches there. I'm a coach in the stands watching this. It, it, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So uh, I'll leave it at that. I've said enough about that. So Calvary was good enough to win the game and they'll be good enough to play with Cedar Groves this week. So, uh, But we got to go to the other person, uh, the other team that uh, took to the road, the only team that took to the road, okay, and that's uh, Savannah Christian. Went to uh, Peach County, uh, come home uh, winner, 7-7 halftime. They held a team that averages, what, 30, you got it, 33 points a game to 7 points. I mean, their defense was phenomenal. And uh, you know what? I hate to say it. It all comes down to the bracket, okay? Just so happens that Calvary got the bracket with the team that's won, what, 4 out of 5 state championships in Class 3A uh, recently. And Savannah Christian's on the other side of the bracket. So it all, all depends where you fall in the bracket, too. Yeah, it does. And look, like if Calvary has to go on the road and play number one, Cedar Grove, Savannah Christian's at home this week. But Calvary was at home last week against a team, Darty. Like, you know, now I'm not sure that Darty and Peach County, I'm not sure that Darty wouldn't be favored in that game if that were to come up. But Savannah Christian, nonetheless, goes on the road. And Carl, I watched almost every play of that game. So I'm at the BC game. And I'm streaming Calvary and Savannah Christian games. But my eye was mostly on Savannah Christian just because Calvary was up by a fair amount in the first half, at least, of that game. So I'm watching the Savannah Christian game. And, Carl, they went to the locker rooms tied at 7-7. But they were dominating that football game. And they were playing just about flawlessly. Now, as opposed to BC and Spalding and Calvary Darty, the Peach County-Savannah Christian game there were questionable non-calls <laughs> and I will always err on the side of, I, you know, I prefer a lack of calls. And I think most coaches would tell you this. I would prefer a lack of calls as opposed to too many calls if you can't have it perfect. Um, and so that's what Savannah Christian was dealing with. Like Elijah Griffin and their whole defensive line was getting held on nearly every play and Peach County still couldn't hold up over time. I think what Savannah Christian did against Peach County was, was what they envision themselves when they think about their A-plus game. That's the kind of film that they think about when they dream about that kind of stuff. That was the game for them. And so hopefully for their sake, they haven't used it all up, you know, in the in the second round. But they played about as well as they could play, and they deserved to win that game. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You know, uh, you know, Baker would have said it all along. Last year they were very young. They were five and six. They uh, had a lot of learning to do, and these younger kids now – uh, you know, uh, you know, have, have matured. I mean, I, the only really senior that sticks out to me is uh, Zidrow. I mean, uh, I mean, everybody else is going to be back again next year. So, you know, he'll come up with a quarterback for next year. You know, and it, it'll be a, a, another win-win situation for Savannah Christian. And, uh, you know, they, they played with Calvary. And the thing is, Calvary, the Calvary team only loses two seniors on offense. So, you know, it, yeah. it's just crazy that both these teams are going to be fully loaded again next year. So it's going to be battle next year in Pula. But right now we're worried about what's going on this weekend. And, you know, you never know. Stranger things happen. It could be a Calvary Savannah Christian championship. Oh, man, I would love that. I would love that so much. I don't know what they would do in Atlanta, Carl. What would they do? <laughs> what would the media in Atlanta do if they had to watch two Savannah teams? They wouldn't know anything about them. That's for sure. So once again, uh, three teams move <laughs> on to. Bite on that, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Three, three teams move <laughs> on to the uh, to the uh, Elite Eight, the quarterfinals. Benedictine forty-five, Spalding six, Calvary fifty-four, Darty forty-one, and Savannah Christian twenty-three, Peach County seven. So now we look at 
tomorrow night's playoff games, okay? We'll start, we'll stay at home. We finished with them because they were the team on the road. Now they're the only team at home. Savannah Christian staying home against Sandy Creek. And nobody gives them credit to even play with Sandy Creek. That's that's what kills me. And we've said it all year long. How could a team go toe-to-toe in a championship fight with Calvary Day School and not be ranked all year? And they've beat ranked teams. It's crazy. I, I just don't understand it. I really don't. Where did these, you know, you know, Stephen Weeks, uh, you know, uh, his philosophy on his college football rankings. It's not what you did last year. It's not what you did the year before. It's what you did recently. And I really think the people that do these rankings don't look at what these teams have done recently, especially Savannah Christian. Yeah, and to the, like in their defense, I can I understand that kind of thinking like four five weeks into the season. But when you start getting to the week eight, nine, ten polls, and a team is number one in scoring offense and number one in scoring defense with one loss to the number two team in the state, even if you're not watching them on paper, they might be better. They're probably better on paper than they are on film. Right. And they're pretty damn good on film. So, I like, I don't know what the rationale behind that is, but the same thing happened to Calvary last year. Okay? They went all the way yep. to the final four. And in the final rankings after the season, after they went to the final four, they're still unranked, which was yep. an embarrassment for the poll. And I think a lot of the people in the poll probably, you know, don't know about these teams or, or either they don't care enough to Google it or look, look at simple max prep stuff. All of that is, is, is I, I think, secondary to what Savannah Christian has coming up with Sandy Creek. This will be... I think it's safe to say the, the biggest, fastest team they've played all season. Right. I don't know. And I've only – I watched Sandy Creek play one game on NF, NFHS. Um, and, I, like, I don't know that they're better than Calvary, but they're certainly, like, physically different than Calvary. They're bigger, and they're, they're going to be able to, I think, you know, outmatch Savannah Christian at almost every spot on the field. But the thing with Savannah Christian is that they're sort of so non-aggressive offensively and they're still explosive, but they're not really going to take a lot of chances and do crazy stuff. And that's where Sandy Creek defensively is when it's at its best is when they're playing aggressive and kind of taking a bunch of chances. So I think if Savannah Christian can just take this thing, maybe seven, seven, something like that at halftime, if they can get to that point, then right. they'll be able to play with Sandy Creek. I think they're only like five-point underdogs, according to, to Maxwell. Carl. Yeah, they're five-point right? underdogs. Yeah, five-point underdogs. Uh, Calvary is 14-point underdogs. Uh, Benedictine, they were what, six-point favorites? They sh- I don't know what Benedictine is, but they should be multiple touchdown favorites, I would wow. think, over Stockbridge. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But, um, well, have you have – you, I know you've read up on Sandy Creek. What do you – like, what's your feeling about – I, like the kid, the quarterback for Sandy Creek, Latimer, he looks unreal. I mean, he's a dual threat too. And I think he'll be the most athletic quarterback Savannah Christian's played in a long time, you know, maybe two plus seasons. Uh, the yeah, only I, guy I thought to compare him to was like Liberty County, the Liberty County quarterback, but he's much, right. much better. But that's sort right. of what he is. He's much better than that though. But, you know, Latimer has thrown for 22, over 2,200 yards, 28 touchdowns and seven interceptions. He's rushed for 10, ran for five, 571 yards. Like you said, he's probably the uh, 
the truest dual threat quarterback that uh, you know Coach Walsh is going to have to scheme against. And you know, and mm-hmm. like you said, you know, he has offers from Southern, Marshall, Tulane. Uh, his younger brother, uh, only a freshman, or can leads the team in 607 yards yeah. rushing. So, and like you said, they're 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 bigger. I mean. Uh, it'll, some of those guys, you know, they got three or four guys going both ways like Savannah Christian. So, I mean, it, to me, what's going to happen here is it's going to be the battle of the trenches. If Savannah Christian's defensive line can put pressure on this kid and they can contain him, okay, that means come from the outside, not inside out, keep him in the middle of the field, they got a chance of shutting down Sandy Creek. But like we saw last week, or I saw Calvary, Calvary didn't contain Davis, Darty's quarterback, Davis, the Florida State commit. And when he got outside, he made things happen. So being an old ball coach, and I've coached offense, defense, line, defensive backs, you name it, special teams. My philosophy is you have to contain that dual threat quarterback. Don't let him get outside. Force him. Funnel him into the middle where you have most of your players. That's going to be the key to me to stopping this kid. Like you said... He's going to be the best quarterback they faced, okay? Yes, we know Jake Merkley can throw the ball. Uh, he can run it. But this kid, from what I understand, now this is just reading. I haven't seen him. He's got an extra uh, set of wheels on him too. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. And now that I'm thinking of like comps, because that's what I always try to think, like for people listening, like if you haven't seen them, maybe you want to know what someone you have seen He's a lot – there's some Castellanos in him, some Thomas Castellanos yep. from yep. Ware County. But, like, those passing numbers, that's not a guy you think of that's, like, run first. No. And so so he's clearly able to sling it. I think Savannah Christian's like, the main thing will be guys like Elijah Griffin on the front. Are they going to – are they going to, you know, get pressure on these passing downs for Sandy Creek and then have him – have this quarterback escape them? Because you don't want Elijah Griffin coming off the ball hesitant because he's, you know, the guy's escaped the pocket three or four times as he's gotten through his block. But, you know, those are things that will come up throughout the game. I have no doubt that Robert Walsh and that defense are going to have it schemed up enough to keep them in the game. For me, is can Savannah Christian's offense score enough to, to make it worth the defense's while? And, and that, for me, I, I don't know – that they'll be able to, they're going to have to hit on, I would think they, they would need to win the turnover battle for sure. And I think Ethan Bird, the kicker, may come into play a lot of times because you're going to have to take what you can get. Right. Um, and so, but, you know, I don't know that Savannah Christian want, wants this thing to get up in the, into the high 20s, 30s, certainly not the 40s. I'm going to say it again. I'm going from a coach's aspect. And I've got into a lot of arguments with a lot of coaches, and some of them happen to be my defensive coordinators. The new standard of football is for your edge people to come on down the line and close or tackle everything. The old school thought was you had your edge people go as deep as the deepest back to keep everything in front of you. And that's right, right, where right. that's where I have a, a, a argument with these young up-and-coming defensive coordinators. Keep the things in front of you. Keep the keep the quarterback, this Latimer kid, in front of you. Don't let him get outside. Once you let him get outside, that's what happened last week, Calvary. Once you let Davis get outside, anything can happen. Your defensive yeah. backs, your defensive backs can only stay with somebody so long. So I'm saying it right here. I'll say it again. Keep the kid inside. 
Griffith and the other defensive end, I doesn't come off the top of my head who he is, uh, or the outside line, have to keep this kid inside, make him step up in the pocket, make him come through the middle of the line where you have most of your players. You're going to play a 4-2 front. You're going to play a 4-3 front. You're going to play a 4-4 front. That's where you have most of your – you only have 11 men on the field. So yeah. you want to keep this kid in where everybody is. But that's the, the, the new school. I don't know what Robert Walsh's defensive uh, philosophy is. I don't know what uh, um, Calvary, uh, the young guy, Calvary. Um, Fields. Fields. Right? Justin Fields. Yep. I don't know what his philosophy is, but an old ball coach, which I don't know if Donald Chumley believes in the same thing, Keep everything contained. Make them stay where where all your players are. And I think if we contain, like you said, if you can, I don't think this kid has happy feet either. I don't think he's he's only got what five hundred seventy one yards. So I don't think he has no, happy yeah. feet. Like he's not going to leave early. I don't think no. if that's what you mean. Yeah. No, he's he's gonna you know he's gonna he's gonna stay in there, and you're just gonna have to contain him. And hopefully your defensive uh, secondary, which. I believe Savannah Christian has a really good defensive secondary, the second level and the third level. So, I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. And I could see uh, Walsh coming up with that game scheme. But keep the kid contained. That's it. Keep the quarterback contained as an old ball coach would tell anybody. But that's me on my horse in uh, old school football. So let the, let the uh, linebackers take care of the fullbacks. And, and you know, and, and don't let the halfbacks get outside and you'll be fine. So, And that's I, the thing that Savannah Christian can really depend on their linebackers to right. tackle with Sailor, Brooking, Busey, Busey. Um, in, in any order. Those three guys can do the, the thing. You know what I mean? Like they can funnel, funnel everything towards quarter. those three kids. You got to funnel those three things yeah. to those three kids. All right, yep. so Savannah Christian's going to have a good one. I, I'm going to say that I think Savannah Christian's going to move on to the semifinals. I have a good feeling. Uh, wow. I think I think Sandy Creek's coming in here with an attitude that, you know, here we go. We got a private 1A school coming up to 3A, and we're going to manhandle them. I really don't feel that. I think that Savannah Christian, not respected. Coach Woodward, that coaching staff over there, Walsh, the whole coaching staff over there telling those kids, you're not ranked, you're not respected. And I think they're coming in, they got nothing to lose. They got nothing to lose. Sandy Creek's got everything to lose. Sandy Creek's been one of the 3A powers for the last couple of years, so we'll see. Well, I'll be the bad guy. I'll take Sandy Creek. I'll take <laughs> Sandy Creek. <laughs> but I think Savannah Christian can play with them. And I, I think, you know, again, like the idea that Savannah Christian is not like a top 10 team, the idea that they're that far below Sandy Creek is, is absurd to me. Well, we're going to see what happens uh, tomorrow night. Okay, so let's go to the uh, first team on the road. Let's go to uh, the Cadets. Let's go into 4A, and we'll come back to 3A to end this. But uh, the Cadets going up to Stockbridge, uh, I, I, I mean, like you said, this is a defensive machine. I just think that them playing that early schedule against such good teams and such – Wayne County still in the playoffs uh, – Burke County perennial playoff team, so New Hampstead. I mean, so I think Danny ha Danny Britt has this team primed and ready for the third season, the five games to win the whole thing. And I, I think that, like you said, they're better on defense this year. Yeah, I mean, they're extremely good on defense. They're just sound all like in all three levels. Cole Simeon's really starting to come on. He's so been solid all year, but he's starting to make plays in the backfield, which is a great sign. For that defense i think i like bc in this game for sure and i would say multiple scores stockbridge are they they're unranked is that right uh the only unranked team coming to the playoffs i thought was just uh savannah christian 
I think that might be in just three A. But but I well either way, here's the thing with go ahead. Benedict, the, the thing with Benedictine is that they're not like they're going to be better than Stockbridge, I think on paper and on the roster. And so all all you got to do if you're BC is not get in your own way. And if you're telling me that a Danny Britt team doesn't have to get in its own way, I like their chances for sure. Um, but I do think that like BC is susceptible to to sort of, you know, I don't want to say getting gashed up the middle, but they are when they have been scored on this year. It tends to come, you know, on maybe one chunk play, either yep. running or through the air, and then otherwise just teams sort of going 10, 12 plays. I don't know that Stockbridge can do that enough, you know, to keep up with Benedictine. For me, like, if Stockbridge is going to try to run the ball 35, 40 times a game, if you're BC, you sort of say, you know, go ahead, try your bet, you know, good luck to you. Because if that's how they beat you, then you go out, then you go out and you get eliminated and you tip your cap to them. But I, I just don't see that happening. Well, you know, Stockbridge comes in, okay, pre-playoff, pre uh, after the regular season, they come in as the number ranked, the 10th ranked team in 4A, okay. so they do come in ranked, uh, but we talked about this on Saturday, uh, they run the ball, I think they run, they average like, what, 270 yards on the ground, 80 yards passing, like that, yeah. so they want to run the ball, and you know that defense is going to be ready for that, I mean, uh, you know, Danny Britt's defense had a, to adjust to that old-fashioned, uh, you know, Georgia Southern flex bone to, to, uh, and in the first round, and they took care of business uh, adjusting to it. So I think this defense is going to be ready for it. And, you know, you got you got the playmakers on offense. I mean, you got Cromanhawk, you got Blackshear, you got Brian. I mean, you, you, you know, uh, you know uh, the kid that's stepping up a uh, running back besides Blackshear. Samuel. Samuels, Samuels, okay, Nigeria yeah. Samuels. So I, I just think, like you said, I, I'm not exactly sure. I thought they were favored by six, but they might be favored by more. I just can't see BC losing this one on the road. So cadets, I think we're gonna, two right there are definitely very, very good shots of uh, going on to the state uh, semifinals. I got them as 14-point favorites. They're 14-point favorites? Okay. Yeah, which is, which is, which is a lot, obviously. Um, but, like... BC also, and I don't want to, like, they had 13 penalties last week, okay, against Spalding in a 45-6 to win. Now, we just spent a lot of time talking about how maybe some of those were questionable. But here's the thing. It's like, either way, you had 13. And so at some point, you, like, you can't have 13 penalties. Right. And Like, that's nitpicking, I guess. But, you know, there are times when BC, like, against Whitewater, a team that wanted to run the ball in the first round, like BC was down in that game. They were trailing right. late in the first half of that. 10, seven, game. they tied at 10, 10 and halftime. Right. And they, ne but they never, it never felt, it never seemed, and I don't want to no. use that word felt, but that's what it was. Like it never felt like they were in any danger, danger. of no. losing that football game. Nope. Um, and so I think maybe we'll see something like that. Maybe Stockbridge has a lot of time of possession early in the first quarter. Maybe they get up three nothing, something like that, or they give up a score and they're you know seven seven through one, like that's fine with BC because they I think they're confident enough in what they got at quarterback, and with Brian Blackshear and Samuel on offense, so they, I think they think they have the ability to go as fast as they want to go, and they can also grind you out and just use their defense and and field position game, so they can win. What else is they can win in a bunch of different ways. And so if you're Stockbridge, you can really only win in one way. 
That's what it looks like, at least. Yep. They it's better true. have success running the ball. And it puts so much pressure on a team like Stockbridge that like, you better be successful in first down and second down. Because the last thing you want is to be consistently in third and seven, third and eight against BC. Or second and long, too. Second and long, third and long. Yeah. You don't you don't want that. So, uh, all right. So, the last one that we got to go, we got to go up to uh, Ellenwood, where uh, Cedar Grove is located. But they play at the county stadium. I think it's called the Godfrey Stadium. It's just like Memorial Stadium. Uh, so, uh, they're the perennial uh, powerhouse of Class 3A. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Four out of five or four out of six last eight championships has gone to Cedar Grove. Yeah. BC had to face them, uh, and I think BC beat them to get to the uh, state champ to win the state championship. And was it 14 or 16 they beat Cedar Grove to get there? I'm not exactly sure. I can't remember. Yeah, but we saw Cedar Grove come in, and you know they're very athletic, very quick, and uh, you know the breakdown on this team is unbelievable. They got Division One offers all over the place. Sophomores are getting Division One offers from kid uh, from Arkansas. So I mean. You know, Cedar Grove comes in with a stacked team. I mean, a lot of stud power. And, uh, you know, they have a four-star cornerback in Kaylin Lee, uh, who decommitted from Georgia and now is pledged to Ohio State. Uh, a Jean Green, edge rusher, going to Louisville. Uh, sophomore Bo Walker, going to Arkansas. Thank you, Dennis Knight, for all this information from the Savannah Morning News. I mean, they got all the star stud power, but I don't think they faced a team that has the caliber of either running the ball or throwing the ball like uh, Calvary does. Calvary comes in a 14-point under that. It's a tall task, and you got to go play away. It's, you know, like you said, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, the idea that Calvary is a four, that Calvary is as big of an underdog as BC is a favorite, that's wild to me. Now, I will say this, Carl, that after – uh, we talked on Saturday morning on your show. I watched Cedar Grove for the first time all season, and I knew how good they were on paper and what the stats said and what the rankings were. Uh, they are really, 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 really good. Really good. And I can't think of a comparison for a team in this area um, that would be even a close comp. Now, did you, Having, did, you wa did you watch the first quarter where Hebron Christian, I mean, three turnovers? I watched, that uh, I watched their game. No, no, no. This was a game earlier in the season. I, I think it was um, It was a game they – it might have been It might have been Mill Creek. It was, okay. a, it was an earlier in the season game. I watched it on someone else's stream. Um, but, like, they look every bit as good as some of those 6A and 7A teams. But the thing is, that, like, the, the one part that they might be susceptible at is that they're so good that it looked like, to me at least, in that one game that I watched, it looked like that they were not very, like, fun. They're not what you would call, like, a fundamentally sound team. They just right. have athletes everywhere. And so, like, a guy like Michael Smith, maybe across the middle and working kind of in between those four-star corners that they have, like, that could be the kind of matchup that Calvary exposes. To me, like, the Calvary offense is, they can sort of go where they want. And, you know, a lot of times maybe it's decided before the game's even played, this is where we're going to go. This is the attack method that we're going to use. And so if they, if Calvary finds something that it likes, I would expect them to go to it over and over and over again. And why wouldn't they? They have a lot of different options. Cedar Grove, like defensively, is going to be tough. Their offense, though, Carl, what, they scored 70 points last week. Now, I don't, that's not going to happen again, right? They're, Calvary's not giving up 70 to Cedar Grove, but this they one scored, is going to be one of the... 
They scored 42 points in the first first quarter. And 21 of those points were off of turnovers. So really? you got you got to take care of the ball. Yeah, I watched I watched the uh, Hebron Christian uh, game, and uh, you know, and then after from there on out, Hebron Christian played with them. I don't know if you know Cedar Grove took the you know the kids took the uh, foot off the gas, but you could tell Hebron. I mean, Hebron Christian's quarterback ran all over him. I think he's yeah. the leading the leading rusher in uh, in three A from what I've been reading on the internet. So I I I, I think there's flaws. I think, like you said, they're not they they don't look fundamentally sound, but they got so much speed, so much athleticism, so much size. Sometimes that's tough. That that's tough to beat with fundamentals. Yeah, I think if you're like, well, how, okay, let's do this. How would you see if Calvary wins? What does that look like? To me, it would have to you have to get up there in points. Like I think if you're Calvary's defense, you need to try to try and get some stops, obviously. But this isn't going to be one of those games where Calvary's giving up 14 points. I don't envision that happening. But if there's any offense in Class 3A that has the potential to go toe-to-toe with, you know, the Goliath of 3A, eight straight quarterfinals for (laughs) Cedar Grove. Think about that. Eight straight times. Eight straight times in the top eight. That's remarkable. And so if there's there's any David that can go toe-to-toe with this Goliath, it – would certainly be Calvary, right? Like if there's any team that can say we're willing to get in a track meet with you, I would think it would be Calvary. Like if let's say if it was Savannah Christian, that wouldn't that wouldn't go well. They can't get in a track meet of that caliber with that kind of a team. But I think Calvary can. And I don't know if you agree with me, but like if Calvary wins, I would think this thing would need to be up in the 30s. Yo, definitely. It's going to have to be high scoring. It's not going to be low scoring. I mean, yeah. there's, I don't think either one can stop either one's weapons, all their weapons. So I, I think it's going to be it's going to be up in the, in, the, in the 30s. I think it's you know it's going to be a 30-24, 30-27 game. Uh, and Calvary you know, has to win the margins too. Like they're going to uh, the turnover margin for sure. They're going to have to win the penalty. Like all of those things are going to have to go Calvary's way. And then you would, th- and then I would think at least that we're working with a somewhat even playing field, but like Calvary, I would think Carl knows that they're at least a little outmatched here, but that doesn't mean they can't win. Is that fair? I mean, I is that fair? Like if there's any team that you would tip your cap to and say, Hey, like this team is every bit as good as us. It would be Cedar Grove. Oh yeah. I, I definitely agree hundred percent. I mean, uh, you know, but Calvary Day comes into the game scoring 46 points a game. Cedar Grove scores 38 a game. Let's just look at the, uh, the stats here. I mean, uh, you know, of course there's no stats on there for Cedar Grove. You know, Calvary's balanced 180 yards rushing a game, 180 yards passing a game. Yeah. So I would love to see the Cedar Grove's, uh, uh, statistics, but there's none there. So you know well, they got yeah their court their their quarterback's going to be another dual threat guy. Uh, Elliot Colson is his name, and then like you said, they're really good on the outside of the D line and the outside of the secondary. Like they, I think they like they they have a cornerback. I forget his name, but what, from what I saw, he's as close to a shutdown guy as it as it gets. Like he's so sort of Zaquan. Do you, Bryant, do, but do you put him? Do you put him on uh, Mr. Smith or do you put him on? Um, and that's um, the thing, right? Because so Calvary's going to have to look at that and Merklinger's going to have to see that. 
And right. it's not that you can't go to him at all, but then you combine that with a big, big time defensive end, um, like a guy that pops off of the screen. And I don't know his name either, but they got a defensive end that's going to win a lot of his a battles. Donja Green. He's six foot six, two twenty five. He's a senior. But I'm telling you right now. Yeah. They took care of a, a life uh, Griffin from Savannah Christian when they played yeah. Savannah Christian. Yeah. So I but think they what, get. What I, they did a lot of the time was they were going right at him, right, right over his head, sort of like you know what I mean, right. like the, the quick outs mm-hmm. and stuff. Because after a while, as a defensive end, if you're coming hard off the ball and the ball's out 0.5 seconds later, your natural reaction is to over time that maybe you're not coming off as hard. Maybe you are hesitant about a screen. Um, but like Calvary's guys are going to be able to match up. They're just going to have to play pretty close to perfect, I would think. <laughs> well, you know, they're going to have to find a wrinkle somewhere. And, you know, like you said, uh, you know, if, if they go to, uh, you know, if they take, try to take away Smith, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, uh, Arnold, Caden Arnold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, like, he's a perfect guy that's your cla- like a classic slot guy, or, I mean, a right. classic guy that is sort of in the five and out range. Right. like. But that's where Merklinger thrives, and then they'll sort of lull you to sleep. Where they work Dupa Coleman a lot in these motions pre-snap, and, and so that kind of thing is going to have Butts, to happen. Butts, Strobridge, uh, they bring Ford in on offense. So they, they, they're going to use everybody this week, and uh, I just don't think it's a 14-point game. I think it's a lot closer than it is. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm going to be a homer. I think Calvary's going to upset upset what's going on here, and everybody in the state are going to believe that, finally believe that, we do play pretty good football down here. And even our teams that are supposed to be in 1A private can play with the big boys in 3A. Yeah, how about that, too, that, that Savannah Christian and Calvary both up from Class A private. And, they like, next year, who knows, the GHSA might bump them both up to 5A because they've made pretty, <laughs> they've made pretty easy work of 3A so far. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, they haven't lost a game at home yet, those two combined, except for – like, I think BC is the only team. No, they haven't lost at home yet either, right? So yeah, they're all undefeated at home. Um, but hey, so I'll take I'll take Cedar Grove, but I'll take Calvary to cover. Is that fair? <laughs> that wouldn't yeah. get me on the bulletin board, I don't think. I'm taking Calvary to win, so I'm not even going to talk about points. I'm taking Calvary to win, covering points in high school football. There's, there's, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no well, salutation. I got to figure out a way to compliment them whilst not picking them. And right. so that's my angle. That's my, and I'll take Savannah Christian to cover five, but also lose to Sandy Creek. How about that? No, I'm taking both, 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 uh, both <laughs> Raiders and Calvary. You know, I wear a red shirt one day. I wear a purple shirt the other day, but both my boys went to those schools. So I'm going to bleed red. I'm going to bleed purple. I'm going to root for both of them. And I think, but as a coach, put it on my coach's hat, they're going to be two very good games. I think Savannah Christian is legit to win this one outright. Calvary's got to play perfect football this week. Contain the quarterback. Make them do what they got to do. And you know what's going to be Calvary's best defense this week? Is their offense. Keeping keeping Cedar Grove's team off the field. Like everybody's been trying to do all year to Calvary. Keep Calvary's offense off the field. Well, Calvary's going to have to do it this week, so it's going to be pretty interesting. All right, any final thoughts? Anything you got going on? Anything you want people to know about where they can find more uh, news about what's going on this weekend? Uh, yeah, I'm at Jadon Sports on Twitter and Instagram. That's the best place to find my stuff. Hot Grits Podcast, um, anywhere you find podcasts. And then ConnectSavannah.com. Uh, you can find also you know my writing. And then Prep Sports Report, obviously. 
Carl, quickly, like, so Calvary, if they win, they'll host regardless, like even before the coin flip, uh, because they're the only one seat on that side other than Stewart right. Grove. Right. Savannah Christian, if they win, they would have to hope Carver Atlanta beats Thomasville. Right. And then BC, if they win, they'll host no matter what. Right. So I predict at least one game in Savannah next week. How about I'm predicting I'm predicting two will be home, one will be on the road. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, one of us will be right, one of us will be wrong. All right. Because uh, usually we're both wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're usually not both wrong. Okay. Uh, so uh, oh, we jinxed Effingham County. I I we No, we I didn't jinx him. <laughs> I didn't jinx anybody. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Uh, if you want to read uh, Travis's uh, breakdown, go to the Prep Sports Report. It comes out every Tuesday. We give you a pigskin preview. Uh, then, of course, Connect Savannah has his option new letter every Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to throw up his recap of what happened with the round ball over at uh, A Beach, the Joe Green tournament, which we're not going to get into tonight, but check it out. But other than that, uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. Okay, quickly, all right? If you had to draft one food source for Thanksgiving, what would be what would it be for Travis Jadon? Uh, a food sauce? Some, no, a food. What oh, what food? Oh, okay. food what's your favorite food food, food, right, food right. item on Thanksgiving? What would be your first number one pick overall? If I'm drafting number one one, I would go mashed potatoes. But like honorable mention, turkey is still underrated in my opinion. We need to normalize turkey three sixty five, not just on Thanksgiving. Fried or baked? Fried. I think fried. <laughs> well, no, either one really for me. Uh, what? Hey, I got one for you. Is it pecan or pe- or pecan? Come on, it's pecan. It's pecan, right? It's pecan. It's not pecan. It's pecan. Agreed. So agreed. I, agreed. 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 My number one. All the dessert, yeah. pecan pie, pumpkin pie, you name it. I'll go. I'll even go to sweet potato souffle. Uh, I'll throw that in as a dessert too. Mine is the dessert. That's what I love. Okay, but yes, I will go with the deep fried turkey. If my if I had to choose a actual food item, I'd go deep fried turkey. That'd be my number one choice because I cook it every year. I've been doing it for twenty years. I I, I love it. Yeah. So nice. Yeah, I can't wait. All right, so we'll follow you and see what's going on. And uh, we, we, well, there's only one game in town. We know where you're going to be at. Yeah, Pooler Stadium. Can't wait. I'll be at Godfrey Stadium in uh, somewhere in Decatur, Georgia. So I'll be tweeting out scores for you guys because uh, I think uh, nobody's going to be going up there from the Savannah Morning News. I think Dennis is staying home. So it's going to be interesting getting the scores from BC and Calvary. Yeah, where your oh, sorry, sorry. You can get the BC game. Our boys, Kevin yeah. Thomas and Christian Gokel, they'll be broadcasting. So you can get that game. You can get Savannah Christian game. I'll try and keep you up on the Calvary game. Good deal. All right, enjoy. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, thanks, man. You too. Go with the turkey, turkey. <laughs> we can't lose. Once again, he loves what he's doing. He does a great job. Travis Jadon, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not just saying it, but he does help me out a lot with the Prep Sports Report. Uh you know, he, he writes a lot of the articles, the high school sports. He, he loves what he does. Uh, I, I really got to appreciate him doing this. And, of course, coming on tonight and doing this for me uh, for the uh, high school. Sorry, let's take one step back. It's the Prep Sports Report pigskin preview every week. We've been doing it the whole season, and then uh, it's been a lot of fun. We'll continue doing this until the state championship, and you never know. 
Benedictine, Savannah, Calvary in a state championship game? That would be Savannah Christian and Calvary for the state championship. And Benedictine will have to play some school, some forever at the States. But anyway, hey, uh, once again, thank you for listening. Uh, we're here every uh, Thursday night. or We try to be last week was kind of hectic for me. Once again, you've been listening to the Prep Sports Report High School Playoff Pigskin Preview. And that's right. We're in the playoffs. We're into round three. We got three teams still in. And once again, it's always a lot of fun talking about local teams. You with the coach, Carl Demasi, and the sports reporter, Travis Dunn. Hey, uh, whatever you're doing today or tomorrow, always hit at the park. Uh, say a prayer for all those people uh, in this world. It's just a crazy world. Ukraine, the United States, the shootings. And you know what? Let's be thankful for our health and for our families because that's what it's all about is Thanksgiving. Giving thanks for something that's special to us. I'll talk to you next week. And uh, once again, go Calvary, go Benedictine, go Savannah Christian. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless.